This episode of the Tony Robbins Podcast is brought to you by Tony Robbins Results Coaching. Are you ready to experience an extraordinary quality of life? Or maybe you're already doing well, but you know you can take your life to a whole new level. To do that, you have to set yourself up to win. You need a process, a way to consistently grow and produce the results that you need. That's what a Tony Robbins Results Coach can do for you. Whatever area in your life you want to change, your relationship, your health, your career, your business, coaching is one of the most valuable tools you can have. It's an investment in yourself and it can yield some of the highest returns. Tony Robbins Results Coaches are hand-selected and trained by the master of coaching, Tony Robbins himself, to have the skills that will empower you with supreme focus, powerful insight, and the accountability needed to achieve everything you've ever dreamed. To help you get started, Tony is offering podcast listeners a free results coaching strategy session with one of his top coaches. It's a $200 value, and you're getting it for free. Visit TonyRobbins.com results. Schedule that free session today. What's standing in your way of achieving your goals, your dreams? What's holding you back from taking the next step forward? For many of us, it's fear. Fear of failure, fear of the unknown. We become our own worst enemy, doubting ourselves into paralysis. But imagine what your life could look like if you were able to find a reason that was so much bigger than yourself to propel you forward. And I'm not talking about money or material objects. I'm talking about a greater purpose and a resounding and unflagging faith that for you, there's no other option than to give it everything you have. Welcome back to the Tony Robbins Podcast. I'm Annie York, Editorial Director for RRI. Today, we're sharing a very special conversation between Tony and the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, Nick Foles. Now, a quick heads up about this episode. We dug into our 2018 archives and this interview was found. We, it was never intended for public release. After a careful review though, we decided that even though the audio isn't up to the quality that we're used to bringing you, we still want to share this powerful message because this interview happened after Nick helped lead the Eagles to their Super Bowl championship in 2018, where he was also named the game's MVP. And what you'll see is that even in spite of his incredible accomplishments, Nick's sense of past failures and mistakes is never too far from his mind. And that's something I think a number of us struggle with. Nick reveals his constant battles with self-doubt and a fear of failure. In fact, it was this fear that almost kept him out of the NFL entirely. But through his faith and his family, Nick found a greater sense of purpose and strength, and that's helped him to move forward. He's even adopted an entirely new perspective when it comes to fear. He's a firm believer that if he hadn't experienced failure and pain in his past, he wouldn't be where he is today. And along his journey, he's seen how immensely important it is to be open, honest, and transparent about your weaknesses. Because by acknowledging and even embracing your deepest fears, you actually free yourself and then you can grow into the person that you were meant to be. Such a pleasure to meet you, brother. Hey, great to meet you, too. Listen, um, you just talked, you just saw the video, I don't know if you got to see it, but you talked uh, recently about failure. And nobody talks about failure. I do it all the time because nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> Your mindset about failure, uh, you were you know, going to the game with a quarterback that many people consider to be the best in history. He's a good friend of mine, Tom Brady. Like we just got Tom and with Michael Phelps, the greatest yep. swimmer in history, and we had the greatest snowboarder in history, all together talking about the Arthur comeback. So I love you've got this incredible history. You know, you were kicked in the third round, you know, you're behind these other individuals, something happened, you're instantly in spotlight, and you deliver after having time in your life and you're thinking of leaving the game. 
tell us about that journey. Tell us what's kept you going through that journey. And if you would, tell us your mindset going into that game. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot there. Um, most importantly, my faith in Jesus Christ. Um, that's always led me. Um, you know, and I think that, as you saw in the video, I was just brutally honest. I mean, I've, I've failed many times, and what I, when I fail, it's all over the news. When, you know, you're a professional athlete, when you fail, they're going to talk critically about you. Um, I lost the love of the game um, after playing in St. Louis, and I was just going to step away. My wife got sick four years ago with posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and Lyme disease. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we dealt with in a, from a family's perspective. Um, but, you know, my priorities have always been my faith, my family first, and then my vocation, whatever I do after that, you know, stays there. And that's always led me um, to where, you know, going into this season uh, when I was put in a position that, you know, most people think is impossible. I was trusting the Lord to guide me. And then just, you know, having those conversations with my wife when I get home, uh, we talk about everything that was on our mind, what we were going through. Because it was a lot. It was emotional. It was an emotional roller coaster. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that fear starts creeping in. Like, can I do this? I'm a, hey, will I let people down? Will I let the city down? Um, you did not. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, I got to play a couple games at the end of the season. I, I didn't play in the preseason. I had an arm injury in my elbow that, you know, had set me back. I couldn't throw football. So the end of the season was my first time to step back in the, you know, huddle and do all that and, and wearing an Eagles jersey um, since my previous time with the Eagles. So um, I was trying to pick up the game speed, um, going to an offense that I hadn't had a ton of reps in. I'd, run, I'd been running scout team. Um, but what I had learned a lot, we, we ended the regular season, the last two games, one was against Oakland on Christmas Day. I didn't play well. Um, the next game was against Dallas. I played a quarter, didn't play well either. So everyone's freaking out, like, you know, he's going to be the reason we lose. And, you know, I have to answer the questions to the media. I'm talking to them. I, I know what they're talking about. I don't have to read it. I know I'm answering the questions. Um, but it was a great week, that bye week. Um, you know, every morning I wake up, I, I go through the Bible, I read the Bible, I do devotionals, I write, but I started journaling. That was the thing that was big for me was journaling. I'd never done that in my entire life, really. Um, there's actually two times I journal. I'll take that back. When I was going to step away from the game, I started journaling. And then this season I started journaling because there was so much going on inside of me that I had to let out and I couldn't verbalize it. But when I put it a pen to the paper, it came out and it like sort of released and I could see what was going on. So I could, absolutely. And it just sort of unleashed it to where I could look at it and say, ah, and, uh, the thing that I focused on, uh, mostly throughout the time was just sort of, we say being where our feet are. So like being in the moment. Yeah. I think we get so distracted with everything that we want to achieve that we forget that the most important thing we do is be in the moment, be present. Like I'm talking to you right now. This is the most important moment I am. I'm using the words that are coming to me from my heart to share with you, and I'm nowhere else. Yes. And that doesn't just affect football, it affects your family, it affects your life, it affects your spirit, it affects everything. So what did you, when you did this journaling, what did you resolve within yourself during that time? I think the big thing I noticed was I was there was a uh, fear um, and people don't want to talk about fear because then they think they're weak, but you have to be able to address your fear to conquer it. Um, so through that time, I realized what I, I was so worried about being the quarterback that this offense was installed to be instead of being the quarterback that God had designed me to be. Whereas I played differently than other quarterbacks. I wasn't trusting my own instincts. I was trying to fit into a scheme. So the week, the bye week before the playoffs, we went back, uh, Coach Peterson and the coaches, Coach Frank Wright, 
they put together a, a cutoff of 150 uh, previous passes from 2013 and 14 that were plus 15-yard completion. So they were big-time plays. And the one thing I noticed was there was nothing that was drawn up like it was in practice. I didn't take three-hitch throw. It was three-hitch slide, move-up throw. And all I was doing was, I'm a basketball player, all I was doing was playing basketball on the football field, and I was free. Wow. So all made you feel. It made me, it honestly took a lot of stress off me because I'm like, I don't have to overthink this. All I have to do is prepare in the film room, prepare in the meeting rooms, and once I hit the field, just play football and trust my instincts, the game became so much easier. It almost became therapeutic to where, you know, when I was in the Super Bowl, I, you don't know how you're going to be when you get to that stage. You don't know how your emotion are going to be, especially the situation we were in as a team, the situation I was in as a quarterback. You don't know, like, if you're going to get on the field and all of a sudden you're going to be so, like, your body's going to be too ramped up. But there was a point in the game where I hit Nelson Aguilar on like a 30-yard pass and we called a slot fade. And I remember walking to the huddle and just being like, I'm just, I'm too relaxed. Like, this is too much fun in the sense of like, there's, and I, it's a huge stage and there's so much pressure, but we, I was able to learn a lot about myself, trust my teammates, prepare to the best of my ability. And when I went out there, I was just reading, reacting, and playing the game that I played since I was a kid. That's a good man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. What did you learn the first time we kept you in the game? Did you consider leaving the game? You had all these stresses, including family stresses. What, what did you <laughs> I don't know if the Why journal, did you stay? The journal might have been the reason I was stepping away from the game at that point. I'd say the big thing that I learned from going through that tough time of, you know, that offseason after St. Louis and just, I didn't touch a football much. I reported to offseason training for a few weeks. That was the only time I touched football. And then, Behind closed doors, we had an agreement. You know, there was things going on to where I just stayed home and I didn't touch the football again. And I was really trying to figure out like how to step away from the game. Um, I imagine if you stepped away from the game, it wasn't there for the Super Bowl that time. That's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Um, and it, but what I learned through that time was I was going through so much. My wife and I were. We talked about it. Tori and I talked about everything. And my family was always supportive. They knew something deep down inside of me I had to deal with. And it, it talks a lot about in that MVP pre press conference of like, you know, when you're going through struggles, when you're going through those times, you're growing. I knew deep down, like, the good Lord was allowing me to grow in a way. But I wasn't really moving forward. And it wasn't until um, I went on, like, a fly fishing camping trip with my brother-in-law and got away and came back. And I had already texted Andy Reid that I wasn't going to play anymore. And, you know, he's a great mentor. I love that man. Um, you know, I got back, I talked to my wife, six teams had called, and I felt the pressure coming again. I couldn't handle it. Like, tears start coming out, I just, I just don't want to play again. I can't do it. Um, but I remember sitting there with her. You know, she, it was tough on her because she knew that it, she didn't want me to play to play. She knew that there was something deep inside of me that I had to face because I had the ability to play. Uh, there was something I needed to face. And I remember that moment I said a prayer. And in the prayer, I was just basically asking God to point me a direction, and he didn't. But what I felt was I needed to choose. I needed to choose to step away from the game or I needed to choose to go back. Either way, it would have been fine because I would have trusted in him. But what the reason I chose to come back and play at that moment in my life was that was what I was so fearful of. And I needed to face it because I know fear doesn't come from God. And I needed to trust God to go into that. That's the thing I didn't want to do. So I decided to go face that fear. <laughs> And I think that it's really cool to be like on the stage with you, to have opportunities to share it. Um, because I think that's what, it's tough for people to talk about. It was tough for me to talk about it. But then when I decided to go back and play, it was every moment, it's always been to glorify God, to impact people, to build that relationship in the locker room, to be in the community, to be a husband, be a father. 
keeping my priorities straight. And it just, the, the game, I was, before a lot of NFL players, you, you're trying to hang on to the NFL. You're trying to hang on until you get cut. I chose to go back and play. And, you know, thankfully the Kansas City Chiefs had me at that point, Coach Reed had me. But now it's just like, I find such a joy. There's not that pressure pulling me. I just go out there and play. I enjoy the locker room. I enjoy, you know, being honest with the media. Before I was talking to media, I was like trying to be everything was politically correct. Like you're afraid to say anything wrong. Now I just sit in there. I just took, I'm like, I don't care about the time. Like ask your questions. Let's have a conversation. So my perspective had changed because of what I went through in life. And tell me, how has the failures you've gone through, how has it affected the victories? You know what? I think that my perspective has changed so much to where when you're victorious, a lot of people would expect you to say, like, to shove it in people's face. But for me, it's very humbling because I know where I was and that I'm very grateful to be there. And I know that with the victories, with winning the Super Bowl, there's a great responsibility. And that's where having an opportunity to be on stage here is a great example of getting to share the story. That's a great responsibility that I've been given because of that platform. So that's, that's how I approach those things. But that's because of the life journey of failing, going through all that, um, going through victories, learning, having great mentors, having an amazing wife. Uh, I've been very blessed. So, What would you say to someone who is being paralyzed by those fears? You know, because today, if you succeed very often, your chances of rejection increase, they don't decrease the world with social media, press, all that stuff. What would you say to someone who's really wanting it, but they keep falling short, they keep pulling back, or they sabotage themselves? What would you say to them would be a way to get themselves to get through that, to get to the other side? How do you do that? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what I would recommend is just from my experience would be slow things down. For me, it was journaling. For me, it was it was something that I never thought I would do, but it was in my heart. It was in my mind one day and I did it and it slowed everything down to where I could hone in on being in the moment. Because a lot of times when we're, when we're struggling like that, that means there's a lot going on. There's a lot of clutter in your brain. There's a lot of issues outside of your life. So like, hey, if you got like some issues going on, like try to clean that stuff up to where everything's simple in your brain. I think a great example is everyone wants to ask you in a game, what were you thinking? Like, that's a question people want to know. They want to know. And I can honestly say, whenever I play my best, I'm not thinking much at all. There's not, I'm just, I'm just in the moment. I'm, it's like, there, it's like just therapeutic. It's relaxing. It's a spiritual experience. But whenever I have bad games, there's a lot of stuff going on. My head's spinning. Like, there's things going on. But now that I know that, I can hone back in. Even in the tough times, I've learned to hone back in, to calm myself down. In a horrible game. How do you do that if you catch yourself? Because what he's describing is the mind taking over, right? Like we talked about earlier, versus coming back in the moment in his heart. So in the moment when you catch yourself, how do you get yourself back? So the big thing is I like to use examples. So this year, uh, if a lot of y'all are Eagles fans, y'all watched the Oakland game on Christmas Day that we won, um, but I played like crap. And um, so throughout that game, I've never won a game like that. I've never been a part of winning the game. Whenever I played that bad and just couldn't complete balls that were normal, um, I've just never won it. But at the end of the game, we had an opportunity to get in field goal range to win. And I was able to just calm everything down. The way I do is like when I, pray, when I play in the game, I, I pray, I talk to God, but it's not for prosperity or anything. It's just, hey, cast out this fear, like home back in, slow things down. And I was able to, in that moment, slow everything down and complete, you know, four or five passes in a row, be very efficient to get into field goal range to win the game. And everyone at the end of that game want to say, wow, like, what a failure that we won the game, but everyone want to say how much that game was a failure. But I looked at it as, I have never won a game like that in my career. So but built I built a success out of it. It was a matter of perspective. Yeah. 
And but I, I had to learn that perspective. You found what was right in the middle of it, everybody saw what was wrong. Absolutely. It's like you said earlier, you only build on succession, you can't build on failure. That's very true. Very, very true. Give me a hand for that, please. Tell me about your teammates. You know, what was it like? You know, I know the pressure that you described being there. How did they treat you? What was their mindset when they went into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, this is a special team. Um, it's one of the most special teams. It's not the most special team I've been on, and that's because the you don't the players are unselfish. Um, everyone's about the team, um, but that starts from you know our owner, Mr. Lurie, to Coach Peterson, who was here earlier. Um, you know, they build that into the DNA of the team, and then the leaders of the team have to you know go out there with the work ethic, the words they use, the examples on and off the field to you know bring guys along to buy into that Philadelphia Eagle mentality. Yeah. And we were able to do that with an amazing group of guys that, you know, that's the only way this would have happened this year, winning a Super Bowl, because we had, you know, our, our training room was filled with injured guys that are like going to be Hall of Famers or Pro Bowlers. But guys were able to step up and the guys that were injured helped those guys to succeed where a lot of times you see guys get injured and they're like, man, I'm not helping him. I don't want him to have my spot. But here, it was like a guy got injured, then the guy who was injured was helping the guy that took a spot because he, he genuinely wanted the team to succeed. Um, so that was, I mean, that's the big thing. And you step in the huddle, the guys have always been supportive of me. Um, they never doubted. They knew that we had an uphill battle. We had to work through some stuff, but there was never complaining. Um, you know, offense struggles in a game. Defense wouldn't complain. Defense struggled. Offense wouldn't complain. That's a test. That's a test of a champion. Like, you see that, that's a championship team. Whereas if you see a team where the offense isn't putting up points and they go to the sideline, the defense is yelling at them or vice versa, it's not going to be, they're going to be a 500-win team. They're not going to do it because that's not how you win in the fourth quarter. That's not how you win the playoffs. You have to be brothers. You have to be family. But that's created through, like, weight room, locker room, all those times. So, If you had to describe the culture of the Eagles that you think makes them successful, what is that culture? What are the core beliefs? The core beliefs is, is genuinely family. Now, that is preached in probably every locker room in the world is family. But, 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 but I don't think that it's acted upon genuinely with your whole heart. Yes. And I think that's the difference is, uh, differences. Coach Pearson always says, are you only interested or are you invested? I might be changing the words up, but he's basically saying like, are you all in? Or are you just here because like you're interested in being in the NFL? Are you all in to give everything you have to sacrifice for this team, to give a little bit extra work after practice, to give a little bit extra work in the film room during practice, give everything you have when you get off the field and go home, like recover, are you invested wholeheartedly or are you just enjoying being in the NFL? And tell us, it's not a, it's not a uh, surprise or a given piece that now, you know, the gentleman who replaced is going to get well. Yep. And then there's going to be this dilemma with two unbelievably great quarterbacks. And you've dealt with that your whole freaking life. Yeah. How do you think about that going forward now? Because I know it's got to be uncomfortable. And yet, you know, you're a guy that slices through and goes for the truth. How do you deal with that? What's your mindset about that? Yeah, I think it's just all a matter of perspective. Um, you know, a lot of gratefulness. Uh, I'm grateful to be a part of the Eagles. Um, I'm grateful for Carson. Um, you know, it, it was tough what happened to Carson this year. He had an MVP caliber, caliber season, and then he got injured. Um, I've been there. I, you know, I got injured my first go around here week eight yeah. in Houston. That was my last game before I joined the team this last year. And so I know what it's like to go through that. So I'm very aware of that. So when I took over, I made sure, like, you know, we always, you know, Carson's a part of everything. And he wanted to be a part of everything. Yes. Um, but then now as we go forward, like, I know my spot is, you know, the backup quarterback of Carson. Right now, you know, I'm running everything. But I genuinely want him to be healthy. 
Um, he's an amazing quarterback. He's an amazing person. He does so much great stuff in, in the community with his um, AO1 foundation. Um, and it's really cool to be in a QB room, him, me, and Nate Sudfeld. Like, it's just a great room of guys that love each other, that want to push each other. We're very different, I would say, like, personality-wise, but we all have very similar core beliefs. And I think when you hit the field, we're not trying to, like, you know, we're all competing, but we're not trying to cut each other's legs out. We genuinely get excited when the other one succeeds. But that's all a matter of perspective. Um, and that's, that's what perspective. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's from going through what I've gone through in life. Um, build muscle. Build muscle. Um, Mental muscle, I mean, psychological muscle. No, for sure. I mean, we're not talking muscle. I don't have a lot of muscle, so I, I know what you're saying. It's definitely meant I got a big head, so there's a lot of stuff up here. Um, but it's just going through that, and it's instead of an, an entitled attitude, it's a, it's a grateful attitude. It's a very blessed, humble, and it's something that I really believe that you have to be brought to your knees. You have to go through tough times and go through them and endure them and fill them in your heart because we all know that's not fun. Those stressful, anxious times, like we've all experienced them. But when you get through them, you sort of take a deep breath and say, oh, thank you, God. Like, but you learn a lot through those things. So now I'm in a situation now I'm going on year seven in the NFL. Um, it's very unique. I'll probably be the first quarterback in the history of the game to go from being a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP to sitting on the bench. But at the same time, I think it's a great opportunity to impact the locker room, to share and talk about it. And then you know, maybe someday I have an opportunity to be a starter, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm very grateful for the opportunity I have right now. And it's just, it goes back to just staying in the moment. I don't, I don't know what the future holds. I'm not going to worry about that, but I'm going to do everything I can right now to be the best person I can be, to be a father, to be a husband, be a teammate. So. I, uh, I got to tell you, uh, I meet a lot of people that are very privileged to be extraordinary human beings, but... The way you handle the situation is so elegant. It's so beautiful. It's a reflection of your faith in such a beautiful way. I share your faith. I don't tell people what to believe, but it's so beautiful to see you practicing it in a world where people can be so mean and socially so harsh, people don't even know. And here you are in a situation most people would say, this is unfair or unjust, and your mindset is, I'm grateful, and you can feel it, and it's totally sincere. This man lives in a beautiful state. He is living everything you talking about. Two more questions to my dad. Um, thanks for being here. such a crazy hour. It's so wonderful. Absolutely. Tell me, tell me about your new book that's coming out for starters. Yeah. Um, we have a new book coming out. Um, you know, it, it was a crazy journey. Uh, even deciding to do a book in such a short amount of time, uh, my wife and I prayed about it. And, you know, the reason we decided to do it is there, there's, a, there's a story there that I think can relate to anyone because I'm very transparent. We're very honest. A uh, big reason we chose to do it is we're giving away all the proceeds to local uh, charities, churches, organizations, nationwide. So that was the big like reason we did it. Um, so that's a really fun process to give him, but it's uh, called it's Name Believe It, uh, My Journey Through Success, Failure, and Overcoming the Odds. And I'll tell you what, just deciding on a title of the book is hard. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was fun. Um, it's just, it's my journey basically entering the NFL, um, my years through the NFL, a lot of it's, you know, this season, the playoffs, the getting up to the Super Bowl, um, after the Super Bowl, what you deal with. And then there's flashbacks to earlier life, the people that have been there. Um, it's, it's through the journeys. A lot of it's talking about, you know, the ups, the downs. But I was very honest, very transparent. Um, you know, it's what did, a, what did you get from writing the book? I learned a lot about it. It's tough to, like, put stuff on paper that you're like, 
people might read this. And so that's tough. Like there's, I'm not like a perfect person by any means. So I'm like, dang, there's a lot of stuff out here. Like we all try to hide. I'm putting out there for everyone to read. Um, but I learned a lot about myself. Um, it was really fun to go through with my wife. We both edited everything. We worked with the author, Josh Cooley, worked with Tyndale Publishing. Um, they were a great team because it happened so fast. I mean, it's a three month process. Usually it takes about nine to 12 months to do it. Um, but I learned a lot about myself. It, it was like journaling. I mean, you're having to share, you know, the way you do is a lot of conference calls, talking about 20 hours. You're having to share a lot of deep stuff, but with it, you know, each call would be three, four, six hours, and you're emotionally drained at the end of it because you're giving everything you have to it. So if someone reads it, if my daughter reads it when she's older, like she gets to know who her father is or what, you know, how, it, you know, how I was at this state. Um, and I think it's, it's a really special book. I think it'll be very impactful. Um, you know, I'm excited about it. The, the team we've worked with has been amazing. So it's been a very humbling process. Tell me, just to finish, uh, you know, the average uh, career span for the NFL, I think it's four years, if I remember correctly, or close to that. Yeah. Just crazy. It's crazy. Your entire life to be in position. Yeah. Uh, and then you play four years, and you fortunately you played seven when you've been through the injuries and the other yeah. You know, some of the astronauts that went to the moon, not some of them, I got just to interview several of them, but almost to a man, they went through this experience of preparing for a lifetime, competing with everybody, being selected, and then being one of the four or five or six, you know, they go to the moon, they walk on it, they see that picture we've all seen when they saw in real life at Blue Green Earth, they take them the risk, they land in the ocean, they have the ticker tape right to the United States, the United States, and shake his hand. Then what do you do? You're 35 years old, you can do the moon. Yeah. And what most of them became was alcoholics or abused drugs. They all talked about it because they thought the only way they'd adventure was to go to the moon. They forgot to find adventure to smile. I'm not worried about that with you. You seem to have that grounding. What I'm curious about is, I think I read somewhere that you might want to become a minister. When you leave the game, what's the next phase of your life? Do you know if you have a sense of it? Yeah, that's something that I, I could have, I could, you know, have a sense of it. Um, I can share that now. Um, right now in the offseason, this offseason I wasn't able to because of the book, but I take seminary classes. Um, the reason is I want to grow more spiritually. Um, my, my mom is a very strong Christian. My dad believes in God, but it was never, you know, him giving his life to Christ. So we've always had those conversations. He's from Mississippi, um, went to some tough churches when he was a kid. So I, I get his perspective, but it's been an opportunity to share the gospel with him. And we've grown a lot. And he's an amazing man. Like he just a very kind-hearted, he's one of my heroes. Um, so going to going to seminary was something that I want to do to grow, to learn more. I would love to volunteer, be a, a high school pastor to where you can preach several sermons a year in the high school realm um, at our local church. We're in California. But it's more so that I could be around the kids and just one-on-one -on -one just talk to them like we're talking now, but just learn about their lives, their struggles, and then share with them maybe some I've gone through, and then just from a, a biblical perspective and help them that way. So that's where my heart is with that. But then also volunteer coach local high schools, help with kids with football. Um, I, my dad, I, my family's in the restaurant business, so I'm already getting involved with that. Always stuff in the community. Uh, maybe someday start a foundation. Doing, doing things like that. We've been blessed with this platform. And that's where you say, like, you achieve something so great. And a lot of times when people achieve that greatness, it's not what they thought it would be. And that's where they struggle. Whereas I think a great story is when we were at the Super Bowl, that is a, like Lombardi Trophy, that is amazing. As an athletic accomplishment for this city, it'll, it's legendary. It'll always be there. But like I said, my faith, my family come first. That didn't change. So when I was on stage, I brought my daughter, Lily. And I can tell, the, tell you this, there's a lot of photos. And everyone asks me, like, what are you going to tell your daughter when 
My trophy was in my daughter. Now, I always did Lombardi with a lot of pride and honor for this city, and I always will because we gave it everything we have, but my daughter holding her on stage will be the greatest moment I ever have. As a sports show, my perspective had changed to that to where... I, I, don't, I don't think that... I've really begun what I'm going to do in life. I think this is just, it's a great platform. I'm honored to be part. I, I find a lot of joy playing football, being in the locker room, doing this. But I think it's just keeping your priorities straight, trusting the good Lord. For me, it's trusting the good Lord with everything I have. Because, um, I mean, sitting up here with Tony Robbins, this isn't something. If you told me this a couple well, years ago. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, you never know what life, what's going to happen in life. Um, but through the journey, I think the big thing, you know, we talked about is fear. You know, fear can blind you. Fear can paralyze you. It, it has for me, but it's learning how to, it's learning what's really going on inside of you, whether it's journaling, whether it's music, whether it's talking to someone. If you can conquer that, life will always have its challenges, but you'll be able to overcome that fear and you'll find a lot of joy in your day-to-day -day things you do. And with that, you'll accomplish greater things. You'll achieve greater things. You'll bless other people. You'll impact other people. And that's something that's so special. Yes. And that's, you know, um, I'm excited to be a part of that. There's a, there's a great, a great minister once told me, he said, the greatest prayer is, dear Lord, free me of my fear-based thoughts. Yeah. Because if you do that, everything else flows. And that's you true. Really, you really, you pretty much did that. With your yeah. Life. I have to say, I'm, I don't want to repeat it. I'm sorry, repetitive, but it's true. You just are a truly real, authentic, beautiful soul. I'm grateful God has blessed you the way he has. And when you leave this game, if there's anything you're doing that you need help, you can count on me as a friend to make it happen. And Thank you, Tony. I, I appreciate it, man. Give Thank it you. The Tony Robbins Podcast is directed by Tony Robbins and hosted by Tony Robbins and Mary Buckheit. Annie York is the executive producer and steps in as occasional host. Digital editing by Jamie Carvajal and Adriel De La Torre. Copyright Robbins Research International.